All right, Gophers fans, we're going to talk about that 2024 schedule because a lot of people are worried, but I'm going to calm those worries a little bit and then eight way too early takes for 2024. Hey, you no are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. However it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Today, we're going to talk a whole lot of football. The offseason is officially kicked off. We're going to talk about that 2024 schedule because a lot of folks seem really concerned. And while it is a difficult schedule, I don't think it's anything more tumultuous than what we just saw this season. In fact, I think it might be a little bit easier than what we saw this season. We're going to dive into that and I'm going to give you eight, eight way too early takes for the 2024 season. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the fun. I would love your takes in the comments as well, or your thoughts, or your worries, or your concerns, or any of them, because this is the Gopher community, and I always love chatting it up with Gophers fans. So be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of this content moving forward. Gophers news on the daily. Now let's talk about this 24 schedule because is it getting a little overblown? Folks are already preaching about how 2024 is terribly hard and some are making it doom and gloom for next season already and we just officially hit the off season. So it's time to take a deep breath. It's time to understand that we are way too early in this process to worry that far down the line. But also there are a lot of shakeups happening with every single team we are playing, including the Gophers themselves. Now, while solely looking at the names of those schools could be daunting, I think that the 2024 schedule provides a challenge, but the Gophers can realistically do well still in that season. And that isn't just me being a homer. I want to preface this by saying it's not just because I pull for the Gophers or cover the Gophers, but I am trying to realistically look at that schedule and what is changing for each of these teams. So let's take a quick ride and talk about that Gophers 2024 schedule. Now they kick it off with three non-conference games all at home. Now, before we even get into those matchups, Minnesota will be facing teams with at least six teams. Six of the, what, 12 games that they have will be against teams with new quarterbacks at the helm. That's a big that's a big shift because they still don't know necessarily if those quarterbacks will be a fit for the system. And we all know firsthand it's not always about the talent. It matters how they fit your system and how they can elevate your program. Now, the Gophers didn't have that this season, even though we had high hopes. Other teams could suffer that same setback if they can't find the right fit. So at least six teams will have new quarterbacks at the helm, possibly eight, depending on if Michigan has J.J. McCarthy coming back or if he enters the draft, as well as if Ethan Kallik Manis, former gopher himself, ends up over with Rutgers, could he compete and take the job from Gavin Wimsett? There's a lot of questions there. It could be eight new quarterbacks for the Gophers on their schedule. So we'll see how that all plays out. There will be adjustments with those changes, and it could cause those programs to take a bumpy year if it isn't the right fit. Like I said, we just learned that the hard way through the stubbornness of our coaching staff, but also 
with their unwillingness to adapt. I mean, the stubbornness, but also the skill set difference and the potential flaws that Ethan had in getting through multiple reads within the progression quickly and having the ball come out early with anticipatory throws as opposed to on time. It has to be early within this system. So let's look at the schedule again, starting with the non-conference game. You've got North Carolina. Now, obviously the Gophers lost to North Carolina last season, but North Carolina isn't going to have Drake May. And that is a huge difference maker, especially because North Carolina crumbled down the stretch last season or in the 2023 season. And Drake May tore the Gophers apart for over 400 passing yards. Yes, but Drake May is gone. And the Gophers had shots to stay in that game. They had multiple uh, explosive plays where they were there. And the wide receiver had distance, but the throws were not where they needed to be. If the Gophers connect on those, who knows what happens? Maybe they give North Carolina a run for their money down to the wire in that matchup. But obviously, Drake May being gone is going to shake that up. Obviously, UNC started to crumble down the stretch of the 2023 season. And with Drake May not there to bail them out next year. I think they could have troubles coming to Minnesota as opposed to being at home. Then you go to Rhode Island and Nevada. Both of those should be wins. No ifs, no ands, no buts. Those teams need to be blown out of the water. So that's three games right there, down right away, immediately opening the season that all could be winnable for the Gophers or should be winnable for the Gophers. Then you move into the Big Ten schedule and all of the Big Ten games are going to be a challenge, but they are not impossible. In fact, when you look at this schedule, there are only two games where I'm like, you know what? Looking at it right now, I don't think the Gophers have a chance. Plain and simple. They just don't have the right matchups to compete, and that is Michigan, and that is Penn State. So those two games, sure, I get it. Being down, being kind of trodden over because the Gophers have a bunch of shakeups and we had a bad year, I get it, and I don't blame you there. But if you look at the rest of the teams, you look at Iowa to kick it off. They're always going to be a tough matchup. They'll have a new offense coordinator. Cade McNamara will be back. It's going to be a tough game, but we always play Iowa tough because of that rivalry and because those two teams have a tendency to always have it be a close battle. Then you go to Michigan. Now, Michigan is going to be tough. They're going to be dominant. No bright side there for me. You move on to USC. Now, yes, the name USC might sound scary, but at the same time, they lost the number one pick level quarterback in Caleb Williams. They had a sieve of a defense this entire past season, and Lincoln Riley's defenses haven't always been great in general, in my opinion, and they struggled against physical teams last year. Plain and simple, when they played physical teams, they tend to get beat down, whether it was Utah, whether it was Oregon, Washington, I believe. I can't remember on that one. Oregon State gave them problems uh, either this year or the past year, but when they play physical football teams they struggle when they play against teams that are more speed and finesse teams like louisville in the bowl game that's where they get off and that's where they get it done and they put up a lot of points because they can run in a track meet but they cannot take it in a slug fest so usc is a lot scarier of a name but at the same time i wouldn't freak out about that matchup because i don't know if you know this or not but the big 10 is a whole lot of physical teams which is exactly what usc does not like to play you move on to UCLA. Now, they might look like they're better fit for the Big Ten, but I believe they're going to struggle in their transition. Now, yes, you can say their style of play may be on the right track, but I even think to Nebraska, once they lost Coach Pelini, I think that after that, they really started to struggle, and they struggled to hang around with the physicality of the Big Ten. Now, I think UCLA could be in that same category, and they just lost multiple quarterbacks, I believe, in on their team, and they're kind of all over the place. So I'm not worried about UCLA. 
Then you move to Maryland. Now, they had ups and downs last year for sure. They had a four-game losing streak in the middle of the season where they lost to Ohio State, Illinois, Northwestern, and Penn State. Now, that and their quarterback, who they have been dependent on for these past few years now, is officially gone. Talia Tungavailoa is no longer with the team. Now, they did bring in a big transfer in MJ Morris, and he is definitely a talented guy. But he could step up right away and be the guy and maybe take the, the baton. But at the same time, it could take some time for him to adjust because the ACC is not the Big Ten no matter what. So we'll see what happens with that adjustment. But again, lots of things changing for Maryland. Illinois, we should have won that game this year. It was a very winnable game, and it's going to be a winnable game next year. We'll see if Minnesota can com complete the whole game against Illinois as opposed to crumbling in the last two minutes and have a win over Brett Bielema, but we'll see. Again, it's a game where the Gophers can win and should be in it. You move on to Rutgers. They had a great season this year, but they play the type of ball that Coach Fleck likes to play. And Typically, when Minnesota plays in those type of matchups, they end up on the winning side unless they are completely outmatched talent-wise. Now, you look at Michigan and you see what happens there. But if you look at the matchups with Iowa, even though we've only got one win in those matchups, they have been down to the wire in most of the occasions. When you look at the matchups with Rutgers or uh, even Illinois, they're always down to the wire. And when you're controlling time of clock and all of that, PJ tends to be in those games, so they should be in that one as well. Penn State against, again, I'm going to chalk up this game to a loss. Penn State is on the verge, in my opinion, and I think they're on the climb. So those are the two I've already mentioned to you. But then you have Wisconsin to close it off. Tyler Van Dyke is not a great quarterback. I'm going to put that out there now. I think Wisconsin is going to learn that just like they weren't all that thrilled. They were kind of let down with how Tanner Mordecai played for them this past season. Now, overall, Braylon Allen's gone, and he's not going to be back. So definitely it's going to be a 50-50 game. I'm not saying Minnesota is going to run wild on them and get the win, but what I'm saying is it is a winnable game. So you look at that, it's been a winnable game. It's been a 50-50 game over the past five or six years. Now, none of this, I want to repeat that, none of this of what I'm saying is to say Minnesota is going to run through the schedule. It is just to say that there is a lot of changes happening in this Big Ten Conference and it's, it's a reason to take a breather when it comes to looking at that schedule. Don't panic or fear or get down into your feelings about Minnesota's going to be an under 500 team again because that's not the case. Everything about next season is dependent on how this offseason goes, how things click with Max Brosmer, how this defense steps up, who is the defensive coordinator. There are a lot of things that happen now that can help benefit this team for winning in 2024. Now, the schedule is challenging, but it is nothing to shudder at. In fact, of the four teams coming into the Big Ten Conference, Minnesota got the two that you would want to get in year one, and they avoided the two that you would want to avoid with Oregon bringing in Dylan Gabriel and Dante Moore as their quarterbacks in that high-powered offense, and Washington bringing in Will Rogers. Those two, plus their returners, plus the, the style of ball that they play should transition better than a UC, USC or a UCLA. Minnesota should be happy they avoided those two games, but let's keep talking about 2024. I'm going to give you eight way too early takes for next season that I truly believe in each and every one of these takes early coming up next.
First, let's talk about our friends over at eBay Motors because they have you covered when it comes to getting your vehicle right for this winter. And although we didn't have snow for Christmas here in Minnesota, which is a strange feeling, if I may say so myself, but at the same time, it is coming. It is, is winter is coming. We all know it in the back of our minds, no matter how long it puts off, we know it is coming and you can get your vehicle right over at eBay Motors. They have everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance or Get ready for that winter. In general, they have everything from superchargers, roof racks, LED headlights, and so much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or performance, they have you covered. With over 122 million parts for your ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay guaranteed fit, your parts are guaranteed to fit your ride or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. So with all the parts you need at the prices you want, definitely go over to ebaymotors.com to keep your ride or die alive. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit is for U.S. customers only. All right, Ghost fans, let's talk about my eight way too early takes for the 2024 season, but I believe in each and every one of these. Now, tell me where I'm going crazy. Tell me where I'm going wrong, but we're going to dive in. And number one is that barring health, Darius Taylor will rush for 1,500 plus rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. Now, that's quite the stat line. That is a great year for a running back. And if you give him the average of 133 yards per game, which we saw across the six games that he played this season, if you give him that across 12 games, he's already nearly at 1,600 yards rushing. If you give him that across 13 games with a bowl game, then you're talking about almost nearing 1,800 yards. It'd be like 1,750, something around that. Now, that average includes the Nebraska game where he only saw a three-yard touch. So that average had some wiggle room to it, and I think he will be around that number consistently, maybe 120 yards a game. Regardless, I think he's going to get that 1,500-yard yard, yard mark. And, and on top of that, if DT is healthy, he is going to tear it up in the Big Ten. Now, number two, take number two is that Max Brosmer is going to elevate the pass game where we have two wide receivers over 800 yards, two wide receivers over 800 yards. Now we had one with that in Daniel Jackson this past season, and that was with the struggles in the passing game. But if the passing game is starting to click, I think somebody else can get up there. Now, Corey Crooms was next in line. I believe he had 300 and some yards. Brevin Spanford was close to 300 yards. Now, if you take the production of those two guys, put them together, you're already nearing that 800. And I think Minnesota is going to have two to three guys that are going to see a vast majority of the targets. They might not be as spread out as what we saw this past season. So with Max Brosmer, I think he is going to light it up. He's going to give at least, like I said, that efficiency to help Minnesota's passing game. And that will in turn help the receivers have more production on the season. Now, uh, if, you, if you have the receivers getting the ball on time, that also gives them opportunities to get extra yards after catch, which these receivers can do. Elijah Spencer, Daniel Jackson, Lamecki Brockington, all of them have proven that they can get it going once the ball is in their hands. So if you allow them to create by getting the ball out on time, it is going to work wonders, especially after a bowl game where we couldn't pass to save our lives. I think this wide receiver core is definitely going to be pleasantly surprised with next season. Now that is if you have all of that, plus Brevin Spanford being gone, yes, Jameson Gears can step up into that role. But I think Minnesota is going 
to not use the tight end in the passing game as much. It'll it'll be similar to what we saw, but I think they tried to have Brevin in more positions to get snaps and be a mismatch. Even though they didn't throw the ball his way all the time, they still used him in the passing routes and concepts more often. I think that maybe takes back a little bit, and they get more of their wide receivers some looks in the next season. So the wide receivers should be up into that category. Now, number three. Minnesota is going to have a top seven offensive line in the Big Ten Conference. The offensive line should be better next season with the more experience alone. You've got Tyler Cooper back, Ariante Ursary back, Quinn Carroll back, Martez Lewis back, Greg Johnson back. All of those players had starts this past season. So they have starts under their belt. And they're back, hopefully improving with another year with Coach Callahan. Now, the center is the question mark for this Gophers offensive line. But can the young prospects even maybe make their way into a rotation or get their way to push, to try and push for some starting opportunities, maybe having some higher upside? Regardless, I think the depth of this offensive line will have the bodies to have someone step up in case of injury. And on top of that, they were they bring back so much experience that I think they're only going to get better. And even if you include the new teams, Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA, from last year's statistics, Minnesota's offensive line was top eight of all the 18 teams in sacks allowed and top eight in tackles for loss allowed, which means that the offensive line was already kind of in that top eight for the Big Ten with those new teams included this past season. I think they're only going to go up from there. Now, the fourth take before we take a quick break is also Zaquan Bryant. Now, I've been a big fan of Zaquan Bryant. I've talked about him here on the show. We've had him on the show in an interview, but he's been getting snaps more and more in the Wisconsin game, in the bowl game, and it looks like he's moving up that depth chart. So I think he's going to put his name in the conversation to play big snaps at cornerback. Now, Justin Wally is back, and he had some struggles in this bowl game, but he is clearly going to be a starter for this Minnesota team. But aside from Justin Wally returning, I think that both Daquan Bryan and Ethan Robinson, the transfer coming in from Bucknell, are both going to put their name in the conversation for potentially starting and getting those first looks when it comes to the cornerback position outside of Justin Wally. I think both of those guys will put their names on the top of that list. It looks like Zaquan Bryan has already passed Tyler Bride, Tariq Watson, and Rylan Kelly in that depth chart when you look at what happened in the bowl game just based on snaps alone. And that says a lot, especially since we... Uh, Zaquan Bryant didn't join the team until the the summer or the fall camp. So that was his first look. So he's been playing catch up with the playbook and getting immersed in the system and everything like that. But he found a way to get ahead of him on the depth chart. And I think he continues to push. If I know anything about that young man, what I do know is that he is going to grind this offseason to give himself the best opportunity to compete for his team. He's got the speed. He's got the aggressiveness. And I think he's going to put in the work to put his name in the conversation. That with Ethan Robinson and Justin Wally. I think they can really help out that cornerback room. So that's take number four. Now coming up next, we're going to have our second half of the way too early 2024 takes, which includes a real reality, some reality, a realistic take about how Minnesota can realistically finish in the 2024 season. That's what's coming up next. 
First, let's talk about our friends over at Prize Picks because if you like daily fantasy sports, then you are going to love Prize Picks. It's the place to be, and you can test your skills on Prize Picks this basketball season. Now, the NBA is in full swing. My Celtics are going crazy, and I love to take the challenge of pressing more or less on the statistical categories that they put for the Celtics in their matchups because I am awesome when it comes to guessing my Celtics players, but if it's Timberwolves, Heat, whatever it is, if you love to do a little bit of guessing in some daily fantasy sports, then definitely check it out. And you can, if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. It's as simple as pressing more or less on stat projections. And if you get multiples correct, you can win up to 25 times your money. On top of that, If a player gets injured in the first half or something goes wrong, they get ejected from the game. PrizePix has an amazing reboot policy where that won't count against you. So definitely go to prizepix.com slash college. Again, that's prizepix.com slash college and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first-time deposit match of up to $100. You put in $100, you get $100. That's $200 in your account ready to take on the daily fantasy sports. So definitely check it out again at prizepix.com slash college. All right, Govers fans, we're closing this one off with four more way too early takes, and I'm leading it off with take number five of Kerry Brown is going to make a case to start at strong safety over Darius Green. Now, Darius Green is great in the run defense, and he held he had his fair share of issues in coverage this season. He had some struggles in coverage this season, and Gooseby was more of the same when it came to that. But overall, in two games, Kerry Brown has started, and you have seen a decent amount of consistency but also progress and he got love from coach Fleck in the presser after the bowl game as well I really think that he's given himself the opportunity to at least battle in this spring ball spring camp session so Kerry Brown is a name who could compete for the starting strong safety position Take number six, we've got linebacker depth. I think it could be the most concern for the Gophers defense in the 2024 season. I think it could be an issue for the Gophers, depending on if they find some more depth in the transfer portal. The Sam linebacker this past season was not a strength for them as a team, and they played a lot of nickel in that role. Now, Ryan Selig played that role the most this past season, but again, it was fine. It wasn't good or great, and the Gophers need more production from their linebacker core. Now, when Cody went down to injury, it was tough, but Maverick Baranowski stepped up. When Maverick Baranowski went down to injury, the linebacker room was in shambles, especially once Devin Williams also went down to injury. So the linebackers need to have more depth in case of injury, but also when it comes to pass coverage. They definitely were targeted and struggled and exposed a little bit this year. And so I am concerned that if we run into any injuries, it could be more of the same. We move on to take number seven. And take number seven is probably my favorite take, and that is Dragon Kesic is going to have a career-long field goal. Now, currently, Kesic's longest field goal is 54 yards, and he did that twice in the 2023 season, both against Ohio State 
in Michigan. Now, Kesich was three for four with 50-plus yard field goals, and his only miss this season was a 54-yard miss in the very first season game of the season, and that was against Nebraska, and it had the distance, but it pushed to the left, I believe. So I think Kesich is going to ball out, and he's going to have a 55 or longer field goal in the 2024 season that Gophers fans will absolutely go crazy for. And my eighth and final prediction is that if Minnesota can get the pass game going, it will be a better than 500 team in the 2024 season. In all reality, it should have been a better than 500 team in the 2023 season. Even with the passing struggles, even with the injuries, Minnesota was in those games. And on top of it, it literally had two games that it lost in the final two minutes. Now, if you close those games out, you're already looking at an eight win season as opposed to a six win season, which definitely changes the feel and the narrative of the year. Now, it's not as successful as you want. You want the nine. You want the double-digit win seasons. But an eight-win season and a tough schedule, people would have absolutely took. But finishing with six wins finally to wrap up the year is just not as successful, not as positive, not as hopeful as what the Gophers had. Now, I think that this team has shown that they can get there. And with the youth taking their experience into the next season, with the transfer portal additions coming in, and hopefully with a fixed passing game or a more efficient passing game, I do think they'll get over the 500 mark next season. So those are my takes. That is what I've got are my eight way too early 2024 football takes. You can continue to follow along and subscribe on the podcast where we will dive into Gophers football news as well as talk about other Gophers sports each and every day here at Lockdown Golden Gophers. Until next time, I'll see you then. Roll the boats, Guy Yuma, go Gophers. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>